Welcome back to another episode of Everyone is Stupid Except Us. I am Sean, and Ross is not here. In case any of our listener was wondering, I've taken a bit of a step back from the mic to focus on the technical aspect of the show. Um, Ross has probably explained it a couple of times, but in any event, I'm still around. Uh, it gives Ross a chance to mix up the format a little bit with some new people. Um, to that end, today he's talking to a real live British person about things. So I guess we'll join his conversation already in progress where he's still talking about the Acadia Hockey Brawl. So hope you enjoy it. I didn't play hockey, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that happens all the time. Yeah. Well, something similar happened to a politician called Ken Livingstone, Livingstone from London. He used to be the mayor of London. I know that Before he was the mayor of London, he's a big socialist. Uh, he used to be the executive of the uh, the Great London Council back in the 80s, uh, when it was when London was one council, now it's split up into 48. Um, anyway, he is Jewish. <laughs> he was trying to get into um, a building and his paparazzi wouldn't get out of his way he just kept door stepping him like every time he tried to get through the door the paparazzi would mm. get in his way you know because he's the mayor and you have right. to well yeah well this is before he was the mayor right oh. but he was a prominent politician and he was in between political jobs at the time but he was very well known and uh, he said he said to this uh, report he said can you get out of my way can you stop stand in front of the door like you're the Gestapo and that was it. The press ran with it like, you know, like he's anti-Semitic. He's like, I'm Jewish for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know, Ken Livingstone's anti-Semitic, you know. Anyone will run with any kind of narrative to make themselves look like a victim because yeah. everyone knows oh, the best way to yeah. come out on top is to be the victim. So right. no matter what. Well, and that's why I was wondering what was going on with that. Um, I forgot his name now. The actor over in Chicago that uh, that apparently oh, uh, set himself up for an attack. Yeah, attack. Justin. It's just it's just something. Anyway, and uh, now the case has fallen apart. But yet the mayor is just like the mayor is absolutely backing the police and saying, you know, this is a this is a shambles, and you know, the guy did did this for his own publicity. Oh yeah, and that's and so they they had him in for uh, I think it was fraud or something like that. But then all of a sudden the sudden release and the yeah. fact that the a lot of the powers don't really know what's going on. There there are theories that uh, his lawyer is the same lawyer as uh, his lawyer was or is a business partner of Michael Avenatti. Okay. And New York was trying to, or no, it wasn't New York, it was NBC, I think. Michael Avenatti was trying to put a case together. He's like super shifty now. I, I have yeah. nothing for that guy. So, and, and he was trying to put a case together saying, oh, NBC lied about this. They've been covering all of this up. And he said, oh, I'm going to make this big announcement. And he suddenly got arrested. So Michael Avenatti got arrested for attempting to bribe or take bribes. He, he basically wanted to get on. Uh, retainer at some big law firm because he said he had dirt right. on somebody. So all of these things. And so he, he got arrested. But the thing was, it was possible that this Justin guy, mm -hmm. he flipped on his lawyer who oh, happened to be oh, friends and in business with... Right. with and so the the possible theory is that Justin... This, this, this dude helped out the case against Michael Avenatti and that was worth him being able to walk or a softer sentence. But there's also the police, the Chicago police, and everyone saying, no, 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 we're still investigating. There's, you yeah. know, just because those particular charges were dropped doesn't mean we're bringing more charges right, later. Right. So that's an ongoing thing, yeah. and it's completely insane. I don't even watch the show that the guy's on. No, I didn't know he, he, was. Play, he plays a gay guy on some TV show, yeah. and so he set up this homophobia. 
trying to get more um trying to get more publicity i guess but yeah no i'd, I'd never heard of the guy before never heard, just so in a weird way it worked yeah but yeah well i mean as long as he stays out of prison right that's, that's the main thing <laughs> but yeah so um i we i kind of do a bit of an intro but apart from that Sorry, i don't know yeah. i'll just try to do a, a three two one countdown i might move the mic a little bit closer to you because i'm much louder Sounds good. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit quiet. I've been a bit really physical the last couple of days, running and lifting, and, and I'm five days back on to my keto wagon. So, um, right now I'm resisting the urge to buy Snickers and all sorts of chocolate. If, if you go talk to Will, do not mention keto. Okay, fair enough. He doesn't like it. He's not a big uh, believer in it because apparently uh, the antithesis of the keto diet is what keeps him alive. Right. Gotcha. So he says people dieting to be in the shape that I'm in yeah. seems kind of stupid. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't get it. And that's it. Unfortunately, for some of us, it works. And I always say to people, keto isn't sustainable. It's to get you to where you need to be. Then you need to really think about what you're eating. Mm-hmm. You said did you said did I can never say your sedentary level, right? Whether you're actually moving and shaking, S- sedentary. Sedent- was, there's an N in there so uh, sedentary yeah. sedentary I was trying to say sedentary I was trying to make <laughs> trying to make some shit up I'm sure <laughs> but yeah your levels of your, your, I make up words all yeah, the time sedentary level right sedivity sedivity is not a word Sed- sedimentary it? level <laughs> yeah <laughs> your sedivity it's like um, you hold still too long on the powder yeah your feet. it's like when um when water starts to get thicker, the viscosity, you know, changes. I love that word. It's thicker. It's a great the, word. Yeah, but I, I don't like viscous. Viscous, okay. But I love viscosity. Up there with moist. <laughs> no, I honestly, I think uh, people complaining about hearing the word moist, I think that's just a myth. It's got to be because I'm and, fine with moist. And the, the people who do it, it's just another way for people to cry for attention. <laughs> And it's, it's the same thing as one of those, oh, I'm offended by this. Pay attention to me yeah. because I'm offended by this thing over here. Oh, I can't stand the word moist. Everyone notice what I'm doing yeah. immediately. Yeah. It wasn't the word moist that offended me. It was it was the word widget. I wasn't really offended by it. But I, was always, I always enjoyed the word widget. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's a widget? And um, it was a beer company. And they used to put these widgets in the bottom of their beer cans, right? And and they were and they still they still do. I think Guinness they still do it. Do yeah, I think they do. I think I think um, Guinness. I think Guinness um, does it. Guinness does it. Kilkenny, I think, does it. I still don't know what they do though. <laughs> it has it has something to do with pouring the beer out because yeah. it's got to go around the ball, mm-hmm. and it it adds. It, it just adds air to, okay. to, to the process, right. but it adds sort of a a more steady level of air yeah, as opposed yeah. to when you pour out a can it just glop glop glop, 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 yeah, glop. Yeah, so yeah. instead of getting the gulp bubbles interesting I'm going to put technical terms of gulp yeah <laughs> I I pretend to know all kinds of good stuff you know what and occasionally I'm right it's all good it's all good age <laughs> we live in fact checking and stuff like that right so oh uh, and the other thing I should warn you the name of our podcast since we invented we thought we we thought we were really clever mm-hmm. we called it everyone is stupid except us and then we spelled accept the wrong way right 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 so it's that's been, actually quite clever it's everyone quite is fun. stupid except us <laughs> and it's wrong my friend does a podcast in London called uh, Just Our Opinion Guys mm-hmm. and uh, he talks a lot about um, he's you know he's a man of colour he's a black man Nigerian uh, uh uh, background, um, but he, so he talks a lot about, um, and he's, one of his things is music. He's doing MA music studies right now, so he talks a lot about how music, um, you know, uh, kind of 
affects and encourages the black community in London. And, mm. you know, it talks a lot about um, kind of a lot of things that are going on right now. So, you know, there was a discussion about Brexit, which was interesting from his point of view. And he was the one, he, he, one of the things he said is, what has the European Union ever done for black culture? <laughs> All right. So from Nothing. a black man. And yeah. So, so, you know, like, and, you know, tried to keep Muslims out. <laughs> well, this is it. I saw I saw a really funny um, meme, and one of the things I've been banging on about since I started studying for my MA was uh, um, neoliberalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, neoliberalism can be funny because you hear the word liberal and you think this is good. This is this is good liberal. You know, we're 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 trying to make sure there's equal rights. Duh, duh, duh. But you realise neoliberalism. The the word itself is it sounds nice. New liberalism. But you realise actually no, it's it's all linked to uh, uh, commercial, uh, 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 the commercial kind of way things move. I can't think of words today. I need to <laughs> get words. Um, capitalism, right? And it, neoliberalism in 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 a way is the machine of capitalism, the way things work, and and taking you know. So we say, okay, this hospital here, this is a great hospital, and this is a part of adjacent land that belongs to the hospital, and it belongs to the NHS, which is National Health Service, which belongs to the people, right? Mm-hmm. And then what? happens is um the government comes along says to the hospital that piece of land we want that and you need to sell it to the nhs trust and the nhs says what what the hell is the nhs trust it's like oh well it's a private <laughs> company set up and it's going to take all the money and it's then going to sell this land right and the hospital's like well we don't want to do that this is our land and, and then the government says well if you don't sell it we're going to we're going to start to strangle your budget so that, you know that EKE machine you wanted? <laughs> Forget about it, buddy. Yep. So a hospital says, shit. So they sell the land to the NHS Trust. It's called the NHS Trust because everyone thinks, oh, NHS Trust, it's it's a government organisation that's set up for the people. It's going to it's, it's gonna look after the assets of the NHS, the NHS Trust. But it's not. It's owned by, it's a private uh, organisation. And one of the one of the big CEOs was, uh, I think, a big CEO of United Health in the States, right? You know, and uh, so now he's, part managing it so they sell this land right and then they sell it even cheaper to a commercial to a big rich guy and then he builds a big block of flats and then what he does he says okay and now these are going to be luxury flats and whoever can afford the price now can make money off it and then yet there's the hospital and the local community saying wait a second this guy's making all this money it was our land it belonged to the people so what the hell one it's too late and it was something that blair brought in which is called the public uh, no the um it's called the uh, crazy oh man i forgot his <laughs> words family again but it's the uh something public partnership which where it, it's um it's business and the public coming together but it's all the guys it's really business and and the deal is to make it sound like it's it's got community and and public kind of um connection what the government says is okay there's uh, 57 apartments in this building as long as seven of them are affordable housing <laughs> you can charge what you like in the rest and then literally you're on the floor of the seven housing it looks like i don't know kuwait or somewhere run down and you get into the rest and there's like statues of michael uh, uh, it sounds a bit like the short the short word for things like that i was i like to use is loopholeism yeah, it's people right. people who find those loopholes. You, yeah. you can you can afford the lawyers that can find your way through yeah. the loopholes, and then find it, and then you get all the way over there. And oh, because we put most of our we we only declare half of our profits in this country, but because we sell two pairs of socks a year in Indonesia, that's yeah. where we declare seventy five percent of our profits. Yeah. 
And boy, and that's isn't it. it interesting how taxes are cheaper and this is it. for two pairs of socks. And so with neoliberalism, and what they're saying to the local community, if, if you sell this youth centre or this community centre, we're going to make sure you're, if you sell this, you'll be better off because more money will come into this community, right? But what happens is they sell the community centre, then a big development happens, a big block of flats, new people uh, start moving in, and then all the lower-class people are pushed out, right? Mm-hmm. You could say it's gentrification to a degree. Um, and uh, and then what happens is it changes everything. So landlords start making more money, and the money starts going out to the rich, and the community never see that money because at, at the end of the day, they can't afford to stay living there because, you know, so it's stuff like that. And and it, it comes out of kind of privatisation. Uh, yeah, p- sorry, public-private partnership. PPP, there you go. Public-private partnership. That's, that's, that's the... Anyway, so... You know, and, and with the whole Brexit thing is there's there's three angles that I see. I see the remain, I see the um, the, the, the stay, uh, the remain, leave and remain, and then I see, you know, the one the people that want to uh, in the middle. I'm sure I'm sure there's more at that angle, but the angle I see is there's the, there's the other remain faction, which is very small that no one really knows about, and working class people don't always perceive, right? And mm. that's that's. Um, we like the idea of free movement. We like the idea of, uh, of international political collaboration. We, we, we love immigration. We think it's important. However, this is about where the money's going. And we know that the European Union is set up as a, as a neoliberal enterprise, right? To push money around faster without less barriers. And then all of a sudden, deregulating the banks on a, on a, on a higher level, right? Across Europe. Um, and so, do I have a problem with, with, uh, with European countries coming together and coming forward with progressive laws and, and things to put into, into, into legislation? No, I think it's great. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what's happened now is uh, the um, Europe have just passed a, a bill, and what it's going to do, I think, after 2022, um, all cars will have um, speed restrictors on them. Right, I don't quite know how it's going to work, hmm. but Britain is, is is adopting that as well. So it means I think with satellite navigation, any cars built from now on, if you're in if you're on the street and the satellite navigation knows that this street is fifty clicks, it will tell your car's fifty six and you can't go over fifty clicks, right? So <laughs> and so I, I'm I'm assuming that's how it's going to work, but I don't quite know. I feel, oh, I feel like that's one of those big questions where everyone says, "Oh, what about our free will? Why, why is everyone telling us what to do?" And you know, yeah. and so you'll you'll get those people who hate being told what to do, despite the fact that yeah. this is we have set these speed limits in yeah. place because we have done the research and we've figured out how safe you can go on this road, yeah. whether it's a school or there's these tight turns. And someone will always say, "Oh, next you're gonna tell me how and when to wipe yeah. my ass." Well, it's mm-hmm. the same with the whole guns debacle, right? You know, yeah. you know, take pride is your pride was it with, um, was it Charles Heston that said your pride is gun from my cold dead or whatever he said mm-hmm. but anyway but yeah and you will you will get people say but it's my right to decide whether I want to go slow or fast you're like, no, run no. over children yeah. in a school and, zone and you're like no no speed limit is 100 clicks your right is to that point you're using your the right. government's road yeah I mean yes you pay to put a little bit yeah. on there and that's kind of your access fee yeah and then it's it's the kind of thing if you if you pay some money to go in and uh, go into a trampoline park or go yeah. to a batting cage or something like that and then you take the bat and you just go go hitting the machine that fires the yeah, ball yeah. and someone's going to come and say ah oh, you can't do that okay yeah. I paid my money I can hit whatever I want with yeah. my baseball bat and that's it like, fly. your right is within the parameters set out so this street is 50 clicks right your right is to to you know you can't go no slower than 20 mm. you can't go any faster than 50 your right is within that parameter 
right? So yeah, you pay your taxes, but here are the parameters, right? You can do what you like within those parameters. The minute you go over or under, then we'll have a conversation, right? And so that's kind of, that's why I kind of agree with the speed limiters because I said to myself, I was, at first I was against it and I was like, <laughs> and then I said, wait a second, if it's 120 clicks on the highway, well, you know, why am I going faster? Unless, you know, like, I don't know, I've got a wife and she's, or a partner and she's, she's, she's pregnant, she's giving birth. But even then, that's not really an excuse to kind of mm. speed unless someone's dying and it's a matter of the sooner I can get them to the hospital, then I get that right. But, you know, hopefully in a developed country, you have, you call an ambulance and this they turn on the sirens and they get you even faster. You can just drive behind them. This is it. But this, uh, this is one of the things where I'm, I'm always... When I when I try to figure out what's what's going on with the, with with British issues, and I, I've been there a couple of times, and I remember trying to tell my kids when they were younger, I would they they would say, oh, why why did I start always saying there's you know, there's lots of people in London? How big can it be? And I said, okay, 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 okay. So you've got a geographical area about the size of like one tiny fraction, like the yeah. Maritimes of Canada. That's that's how big you've got for the British Isles. And then you take everybody in Canada, like everyone, t- Toronto, Vancouver, everybody, yeah. and put them all in this one zone. And the kids are the eyes are getting all wide. That's a lot of people, and I said, and then triple it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's who's over there. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, so my my background is my parents both grew up in Glasgow, born and raised in Glasgow, and then is in, in the seventies somewhere in there, I guess mid to late twenties. Yeah, they got married, had a daughter, my older sister, and then moved over to Canada uh, for work. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but they they came over, and then this is pretty much where I've been born and raised. I've yeah. been back to visit my family there. I think three times total I've been back and every time I go back the one thing that I feel is my overarching uh, sort of sense of the entire place and it's the, it's the lowlands of Scotland it's yeah. you know about an hour south of Glasgow claustrophobia where everything everything just feels right. built right next to the yeah. to the next bit like your lawn is this small strip yeah. between the sidewalk and pretty much your front yeah. door and all the houses and you're sort of everything just looms it, it gives you this sense of there's no space yeah the, and yet they talk about the highlands and the lake districts and I see all these pictures where's all this grass the yeah. grass wasn't there when I was <laughs> I was trying to look at yeah. it so I try to get that that concept of how tightly packed everyone is right. because I, when people in Canada talk about oh I don't understand what's going on why, why is everyone all upset about this yeah. it's because you, you don't understand <laughs> you can't just say hmm well, I'm bored. I'm going to move to two hours outside of Winnipeg yeah. and buy a little farmhouse and have no one around me for miles. And yeah. you can just do that. There's so many places you can go in Canada and you can just be nowhere. Yeah. So where we have, we think we have issues. And this comes up with things like we talk about uh, mass transit. We say, Why don't we have trains like they have everywhere else in Europe? Because we don't have any people. That's right. We, we could have, a, if we had a train system, there'd be one dude on it yeah. every day, one, one way back and forth. There's a reason we don't have a train no more, right? So. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I could never really tell. I think it was just that gas got cheaper and uh, yeah. trains got more expensive to run and we still didn't have... And less so, people to actually justify the need, right? So more people driving yeah. and government putting more money into the highways than railway infrastructure, right? Cause, yeah, because the highways fall apart faster. Right? Right. <laughs> so that's a much much easier industry. But regardless of that, so the, yeah, the, um, the 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 Brexit thing did did come up. I can't I can't decide whether I should actually intro the show at this point because we've started yeah, talking for a while. Yeah, whatever you want to do, we can. We can... <laughs> I'll I'll do a basic intro. Yeah. This is and has been uh, everyone is stupid except us. Uh, I'm I'm Ross. I'm talking to uh, my good friend Roxy. 
who, when I decided what I wanted to talk about this week, which was the uh, the whole Brexit happening, I said, I know I should get an actual legitimate uh, person from Britain. Actually, the reason that I asked you is because you're the only person I've ever spoken to who has said the words, I uh, pay attention to British politics. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. The accent had nothing to do with it. Right, right, right. And then uh, the, the other part is this is the first time the show's been on the road. Usually we I sit at the computer, I've got my mic, and I talk to someone on, a, on another mic. So this is... So we're here. I, I, I've come all the way to a small little piece of, of England in Canada. <laughs> yes, for there are, sure. How many... I'm, I'm looking around. I think I count two Union Jacks. <laughs> well, one and a half. That one's only a half, half of one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you do. We, we, saw, we saw a Union oh. Jack on the side of a truck, and Joe was asking me what it was, and I was trying to explain. Oh, there's three. Yep, there's, there's another one. There's three. You got a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Now you're going to start counting them in all your rooms. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's some around as well. But that... So that's, that's my... That's my British lineage. That's yeah. that's where sometimes I try to pay attention. Like when the Scottish nationalism that came up a little while ago, and all all of my relatives are all still over there. Aunts, uncles. Right. Uh, I think I'm out of grandparents. Yeah, I'm out of grandparents. They all died up, but they they, they all talked about um, uh, voting to stay stay a part right. of so they were voting, the UK. They were voting no for the independence. I think they were voting no for the independence. Yeah. And I think my mom, who is usually quite a pacifist, she she was mad about yeah. that. She says, why wouldn't you vote for independence? I, said, well, yeah. I don't think it's really well, it, It's funny about that because um, a lot of people linked to Scotland from away were saying, vote yes, become independent. Um, and, you know, and, and it was that was a tight vote as well, just like Brexit, which is, so, you know, when I look at them, that was pretty, it was an overwhelming one way. Right? Were so, there votes from away for that as well? Well, I mean, I'm sure Expats people... Expats or... were Yeah, there were, pe- well, there were people voting by proxy, but what I did know is, well, for, actually, no, that's a lie, actually, because I think the Scottish... And the British government said, you know, you have to be resident in Scotland. So I think... So you was, couldn't vote. Yeah, I Because you are a citizen. Right, you I, yeah, I'm a citizen. Or, you know, although I could because I'm still seen as an active citizen. So they... Because they didn't know I was away. Because <laughs> <Right>? so, <laughs> they're reading your blog. Right, but, but actually, tell like, I couldn't vote anyway because I was born in England. And I, so here's what's interesting about the Scottish vote. Right, it was only for people in Scotland and not for the rest of the UK. Oh, the independence, not for Brexit. Oh, yeah, not for Brexit. Sorry, not for Brexit. How can you not vote? Sorry, get mixed up the vote. Yeah, yeah. So no, I didn't. I didn't vote for Brexit because when Brexit came up, I wasn't actually registered, and it's it's such a divisive conversation um, that you know there's a lot of people feeling bad about you know their political convictions in which way they would vote, Um, and for many years, you know, I was I was I was thinking, you know, I want to see Britain leave. Europe, right? Mm-hmm. So I was, I was for, I was for leave and an independent, right? yeah. So, but independently of of the common discourse, right? So, um, as I was saying to you before, that there, there's two angles of common discourse that I pick up, and it came from the the whole campaign was it was quite disgusting, and a politician was was murdered during that campaign, um, and yeah, she was stabbed and shot by um, by uh, a man that was uh, pro leave. And uh, but also uh, he and where she was pro pro remain mm-hmm. uh, in in Europe. So he was for Brexit. 
she was full. Was this a prominent politician or someone an outspoken um, person, or was this just she was someone a, had a fight at a bus stop? No, no, she was she was targeted for her political conviction okay. and beliefs. Her name was Joe Cox, and she was a, a Labour MP. So for those that don't know, Labour is um, is in opposition right now with Jeremy Corbyn, and they were the Socialist Party, which was it is funded and brought up and um, put in place by the unions going back to the eighteen hundreds. Um, so she was a Labour uh, politician and. And uh, the guy that had st- he stabbed her and shot her, um, he uh, <laughs> both yeah. He Did he have a bayonet on his musket? It, no, it? it literally was a bayonet. I mean, not literally. It was a big knife, right? So um, it was not a nice way to go. I mean, you know. Wow. But, yeah, it was. It was vicious. Quite vicious. It turns out there was a lot. Uh, uh, there was mental health involved. Okay. Uh, and then you mix that with that's a couple steps things. short of giving her the full Rasputin, or, I think. or splatting egg on her head, right? <laughs> you know, which tends to be the modus operandi when you want upset a politician right so we, we've done pie in the face here in Canada before yeah, fair enough, fair enough. That was a while back. egg seems to be the British way I've seen it three times now or seems to be well twice in Britain and once in Australia as you may have seen recently with the Australian MP uh, actually senator I honestly I, I think the egg to the face is, is much more and, and it's not you know you, everyone sort of says well it's a civilized way of doing it. you know the Brits they do that stiff up lip and all this kind of thing <laughs> I dare say, sir, and you think someone's going to take out their white glove and go right, slap. slap yeah. I don't believe in your political ideologies. I challenge you to a duel. Something like that. <laughs> but so the, the egg feels a bit like that, where right. it, it doesn't actively damage that person, but it really does tell them yeah. how upset you are with the whole thing. Yeah. Where the America has a bit more of a <laughs> history of shooting each other in the head. Well, and yeah, and people like to throw shoes at American politicians, or try to anyway, so... That seems to be the maybe the the uh, you know the kind of Middle Eastern way. I'm not too sure what the customers throwing shoes at people that upset you, but hmm. I don't you know. know that sounds British because everyone I know with the uh, growing up in a British family, I, I just, this one girl and she would always talk about growing up. She everyone in the household was afraid of their mother's slipper. Yeah, once my mom takes off her slipper, oh, everyone's in for a bad it, night. It could have some sort of link or connotation to that. I I just remember when I think it was President Bush Jr. and I think someone in the crowd tried to throw a shoe at him mm. and just missed him and everyone piled onto this shoe thrower because um, they he, I think he was out in Iraq or he was somewhere Afghan. I don't I'm can't I, I can't remember the, the actual context of the story but anyway it didn't quite work and and so uh, yeah. yeah up here we just chuck everything onto the hockey hockey rinks <laughs> yeah. when when your team is either doing well or yeah. not doing well I still haven't figured out <laughs> just, there's one rink where you chuck squid I still squid don't. wow I, okay. I don't understand hockey for many many reasons and that's I'm that's I'm simple. I'm a I'm a made Canadian I still can't get into hockey I try but I digress Brexit uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know yeah that's yeah. that's, the, that's the thing about this show we I I've started doing a thing where I, I pick a guest and we try yeah. to talk about one topic we occasionally veer up and right. I call it we try to stick to one topic but occasionally we wander over and try to solve all, and manage to yeah. solve all the world problems at the same time and then veer, veer like veer on back to where we were kind of you know yeah exactly um, but yeah um and so Brexit's been really divisive because I, I find what it's done is it's really divided the country and it's, it's cut across not just culture, but it's cut across class as well. Mm. You know, so uh, people, I, I was raised in East London, uh, working class London and uh, and uh, and lower class London. So I've, I've grown up around people that have been in poverty, there's, there's been addictions, there's alcoholism and, and things like that. And, and one thing we know is that 
you know, if it wasn't for socialised healthcare, we would actually probably not be here today. You know what I mean? And we do, you know, so we do have the socialist, the, the left wing side to thank for that. So, but we're now starting to see these working class people you know um turning their backs on for example the labor party right so, mm. and that comes down to tony blair versus uh, and new labor versus um uh, jeremy corbyn which is going back to the roots of you know i say old labor but let's just say what a labor party was originally set up to do right to represent the working class to make sure there's there's rights uh, you know across the board and and also with the unions to make sure that you know people have got rights when they work they can't just be fired or picked up or dropped or or you know have their wage packet changed at a moment's notice without justification yeah um and uh, you know, so Labour were instrumental in, in bringing a lot of things that we would a lot, a lot of liberal reform. Now they formed the uh, European Union. I was alive and kind of paying attention to the news when they did that. So I like to think that that happens somewhere in the, either the late nineties or the early two thousands. So uh, I think going back a bit more. Um, uh, so we started with the uh, before the European Union, and I'm a bit rusty on this. There was the um, it was the uh, I think it was the economic block, um, which it was, oh, okay. all about, it was all about trading. Yeah. And then I think in the, I think it was maybe the 80s is when the European Union was really cemented, right? And it, it came around about the time, so Thatcher was, Margaret Thatcher was in power. So I was on, it was pretty much... Oh, it was longer ago than yeah, I thought. Yeah, I yeah. And, 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 and Thatcher was in power from 79, right, up to, uh, I think, 1994, mm. right? So that's when Tony Blair and the, Labour, the new Labour Party came in. Um, so Thatcher had an, so Thatcher was changing Conservative Party, so a neo-conservatism, uh, moving away from conservatism. Prior to her, everyone knows Winston, Winston Churchill, he was a conservative. Um, and conservatism prior to Margaret Thatcher was conservatism based on values, family traditions, uh, you know, kind of trying to protect cultures and, yeah. and so a lot of racism was embedded within that as well um, and then when we when when Thatcher took over it became more about economics and money um, and uh, so um, neoliberalism was something that she then ushered in and it, it was some an idea that was brought to her by you know economic philosophers I guess I'm using the wrong term but you know um, and, uh, and, and and that's why her and Ronald Reagan were very close because he was a believer in, uh, you know, the neoliberal kind of ideology, and together in both sides of the world, they ushered that in, and they both had their, um, they both had their uh, their advisors there, you know, their advisor, their neoliberal advisors. Um, forgive me, I can't remember the names. I'll come up with those names in a second. Um, but uh, they they were architects of neoliberalism, you know, which was saying we need to, you know, we need the governments need to stop putting regulations on the bank. You know, we need to stop putting conditions on banking, and 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 Thatcher and and Reagan, or Ronald Reagan, were key figures in creating, um, you know, this um, uh, this you know open access market, the you know the the global markets we see it. So uh, um, I'm forgetting. <laughs> It's cool now. My, my brain's not working, but uh, globalism, as we know it, right? Okay. So you know, trading around the world and and uh, with with a lot more ease and stuff like that, and um, money moving around and taking away, um, deregulating the banks, 
allowing more money to flow and stuff. And, you know, and, and like, for example, we're seeing the banking crash, the banking crash and the housing, which crashed all the banks was because banks were not regulated and people were being sold mortgages that the banks had no business selling them, right? And mm. it just got out of control. And right? so, and of course, I'm not doing this justice, but bringing it back to Brexit. Well, it is, that's just, yeah. Europe and Brexit, it's a yeah. crazy complicated It is. And, and so the European Union was founded. Now, now say there's two main uh, discourse there's two discourses for Brexit and a lot of it is a lot of working class people in the UK are fed up it's it's the same mentality that voted for Trump right yeah and it's that where one group's basically people in power can use the desperation of one or more groups of voters in order to push their own agenda. Yeah. So what Brexit actually was, or what, what the European Union was in general, where someone, if, if someone at the top or someone in power decided that, oh, we want to sell people more lemons, then we need to figure out a way of, oh, did you guys all notice that as soon as we joined the European Union, the price of lemons went up? And you say that to the right group who don't, know about basic inflation yeah and they say you know what price of lemons did go up. Said, that's because of the Euro- we should leave the european union and then you never know lemon yeah. prices might go back down and you get people charged up and so it's 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 leading but i i i, I hate watching that political drive of, of feeding off of uh certain certain groups or individuals but usually large groups of people's their desperation and like you were talking about the uh you know like a lower class on one side of the yeah. city where you are there, okay, we don't have anything. And then some group looks at that and says, you're a bunch of voters who don't have something. So if I promise you that, and I just say, you know, vote for me and I will give you pine cones for days. I don't know. It's, pine cones no one it. wants pine cones. It's a terrible. <laughs> I like pine cones. Nice. <laughs> they smell nice. I don't think you'd vote for someone who promises no, more pine cones. Vote for pine cones. <laughs> Less soup, more pine cones. And, it, and it, so it's that just feed, feeding on, on the desperation and I, I feel like that's kind of what happened when... And I'm not even entirely certain what was going on to cause people to say, oh, this is all the European Union's fault. Why are we a part of union? This is stupid. Yeah. I think it was... Uh, as soon as someone started mentioning, we're going to have to start... Or we're going to also be using the the euro. And whoa! Yeah. It felt like there was a huge yeah. backlash to that. Britain wanted nothing to do with no. that. And there was... There was a lot of discourse and, and there were other countries that were talking about that and um, and you know and if, there's a lot of suspicion in the UK right because in, in Britain as a, as a whole you've got to look at the history Britain is a country with a thousand years of warring history it's been a war country for a thousand years right and so whether good or bad invaders potential invaders invading, failed invaders and successful right, invaders exactly yeah. all of the above right and, and, and some and, and so but a lot of that, a lot of potential invasions or, or you know takeovers of the UK, have tend to stem from uh, first of all some angry king in Europe because you know like he was upset that his daughter you know married someone or didn't marry or someone was spurned you know and and then getting the blessing of the Pope right and 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 it all goes back to Henry VIII where Henry VIII said okay we are no longer a Catholic country. You know, we are now going to be a, a church. We're going to be a Protestant we're going to have a country. new church that I'm going to invent because yeah. the Pope won't let me get divorced. That's right. And that's what pe- that's what people think it's about. But it wasn't... that was Part of it, of Henry VIII saying, I'm getting rid of Catholicism because the Pope keeps denying me to get remarried, right? Or not get divorced. I mean, there was there was a lot of things that he yeah. basically didn't want to be pushed around by the Catholic Church. Well, he didn't. He wanted to, he wanted to be the supreme ruler. It, yeah. it was him and then God, right? You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't... 
God, the Pope, then him. And that's how it was set up across Europe with different kings, you know. So, and, and kings were ordained by God. And he was like, well, why is this guy in front of me? You know, like, God and the king. If I'm, all, if I'm ordained by God, then therefore it's me and God. So, buddy, get out of this bed, right? Because, <laughs> you know, there's there's only room for two. I'm, I'm not into this, uh, you know, polyamory relationship, right? <laughs> but, including, including this old white yeah, guy from Rome. This is it. I can't love the old guy from Rome, but I can love the old guy with the white beard in the sky. Um, so, anyway, um, but a lot of it was to do with money going to to the Vatican and, yeah, yeah. and you know kind of, and so so you know it was more than just his love life right and there was political things at play in the same way that uh, Martin Luther in Germany disconnected you know Germany from the Vatican as mm-hmm. well eventually right and I think that was the catalyst for a lot of countries that became that they started following their own kind of political kind of beliefs in their own church um, but so you know fast forward fast forward Britain is there's been lots of attempted invasions by the French and the Spanish the Spanish Armada came down you know Britain took care of that right they, they sent you know King uh, Henry VIII sent people out and took care of that there's, there's, there's a fierce unique uh, in, independence in, in, in most countries around there because they said oh we fought off this and we're, yeah. we're us because we fought X, yeah. Y, Z over we're all the years island nation right and, and the other thing is you know a lot of Brits, there are a lot of Brits that feel they're European, and there's a lot of Brits like me, I don't feel I'm European because growing up, you know, it, although, you know, it, it was, you can learn French in school, but you could learn other languages, but like that, mm-hmm. that that was just language. You were quite, per- it's, it's, yeah. it's across the water. Right. I, although it was across the water, I never felt European. And I always say to people jokingly, no, no, Britain is not in Europe. Britain's an island off the coast of Europe, mm-hmm. right? You know? And there's, um, there's continental Europe. But this it's, is it. It's, it's technically part of the um, oh, the tectonic plate. Yeah, that's right. It's part of the European <laughs> continent, right? You know what I mean? So uh, there's sort of this whole pool of water. So Brits, a lot of Brits, you know, tend to be um, uh, suspicious all of a sudden, you know, like, and we've, we was this powerful empire once upon a time and mm-hmm. doing things around the world. And now all of a sudden, you know, that got stripped away after the Second World War. The Americans helped with yeah. that. And now all of a sudden, Europe are trying to dictate our laws. But hold on. Didn't we go to, <laughs> didn't we go to war with France with Napoleon? You know, didn't we, didn't we take care of the Armada? So, so it stems from that. And then all of a sudden, and I'm not saying that's a legit thinking, because, you know, I believe in political uh, um, collaboration, especially, you know, from around Europe, right? Yeah, but it, coming, coming, the, the, the reason for, it, it, it's, it's good to think of why there, there are all of these conversations, why these conversations yeah. started, where someone said, oh, it's all their fault. We should, we should not be a part of this, because yeah. most, most people, you know, a level-headed person would sort of say, why wouldn't you want to right. join forces and get along? Right, and, and it's just because there's so much else. This is it, and, and, and most people that are pro Europe don't want a euro, and they don't want a euro army, yeah. right? And that's kind of the direction it, to some people, it's going in. Um, but so those, the, the so that two, half measure, that one, one foot in, one foot out, you know, that's the, it. The cake and eat it too right. mentality, and, and that's what the negotiating is about: trying to get that deal, trying to get the cake and eat it. Right? But what was the thing I read today? Is there's also the, the cake and eat it deals is each party. Keeps and I and I read just mm-hmm. a quick synopsis of different things where each party's put forward a hey we should we should make sure that we've got this but the problem is it's one party it's yeah. like, I'm from par- I'm from the yellow party and I think we should do this and the blue party who basically have got it just drilled into their mind that anything the yellow party says is bunk yeah, yeah, and yeah. should not be listened to like nope your idea is stupid God, we're going to vote against that and yeah. no one's no 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 party has got a, a majority because unlike 
in Canada, where they absolutely fear the concept of parties coming together and, yeah. and governing together, <laughs> Britain does it all the time. Yeah, and let's say a whole parliament creates that. So, you know, the discourse which comes from the working class, you know, working class, lower class side is, you know, um, we don't want Europeans dictating our laws. Mm. You know, we want to control immigration. Immigration is concerned from us. Um, and so a lot of this fear mongering is not particularly based on anything factual, but there are politicians out there that are pushing this fear. You know, like Nigel Farage is another is, a, is another yeah. person that is out there. But the thing is, what confuses me is Nigel Farage doesn't come from working class backgrounds, right? You know, he's 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 middle and upper class. Neither does Trump, and right. yet he goes in and says, "Aren't you guys sick of all these rich fat cats right. giving each other, you know, these beautiful bonuses all the time?" And for some reason, all these people saw this dulled up, spray tanned guy wearing a thousand dollar business suit, yeah, and said, "You know what? He's one of yeah. us." Yeah, and the thing is. Unlike Trump, Nigel Farage is extremely eloquent, very intelligent, and uh, very charismatic. Mm. Right? And, and watch out for charismatic leaders. <laughs> Hitler, for example. I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying you, you, you say you know the yeah. silver tongue. You say the right things. This is to it. Get and you, you everyone on your side. You understand what's upsetting people. So there are. So what we're seeing in America, in the United States of America, we're seeing seeing in the United Kingdom of Great Britain as well. We're mm. seeing marginalized people. So as as the liberal um, context has marched forward, right? As we're we're working together to combat racism and sexism, um, a lot of people that were still entrenched in that world and believed in that world would be marginalized and, and kind of pushed underground. Then then they get a champion that comes along and, and says things that they agree with. And a lot of them, and Americans will say this and Brits will say this, Trump, Nigel Farage are saying the things that everyone's too scared to say. They've got the balls to say it, right? Um, and that's, that's a spur on these people because these people are thinking it like, but why are people coming here and taking my jobs? And, and I'm too scared to sound anything because the, the, the liberal discourse may smack my wrists, right? Because you know? I sound like a bigot when or I say racist, bigoted yeah. things. Exactly. So therefore, I really like this guy who seems yeah. to have the bravery to say bigoted things and have bigoted opinions. Yeah. I'm all on his side. And it doesn't matter if it's bigoted, but it's how I feel. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I saw a, a reporter interviewing a, a football fan. I think it was a West Ham football fan. And uh, it was about Brexit and it was about immigration. And uh, she said, to, the question was, um, are you for or against Brexit? He said, "Well, I'm for Brexit. I'm, I'm a, sorry. I'm for Brexit. I want to see, you know. And, and a lot of times, a lot of people use the word England colloquially, you know, uh, in place of United Kingdom, right? So mm -hmm. that's, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what annoys me when people call it England, you know, rather than the country's well, name. And that's that's the other problem because when when people say, oh, over here in England, I think, yeah. uh, do you mean Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland? Yeah. Are you talking about that entire right. group, or are you just talking about the one exactly. section? And that time when you just want to talk about that one that one actual England proper bit, yeah, not excluding Wales, excluding this Scotland, is it. What do you call that? Yeah, and that's it. And so we're home countries, home countries, not provinces. Which is the it's the same concept. Scotland has a parliament; they really should have an assembly. Mm -hmm. Wales has an assembly, right? But then we change our names in Canada. We have like a MLA with a, an assembly, and in, in the legislative, legis yeah, it'd be different in different places, right? Like up in Nunavut, they don't have a governor; they have a chair, a chairman, or whatever it is. I think I can't remember. Um, but yeah, yeah, but so yeah. small, the, the, the localized smaller right. bit. But and can can that be uh, 
slightly overturned? Is is there a, a centralized government in in London being the capital of the United so, yeah, Kingdom? So yeah, so and that's what's interesting is that oh, no, there's four home countries: Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland, England, and Wales. Right. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that Northern Ireland has its own. Uh, local government, <laughs> Wales has its own local government. Scotland does, England does not. Right, so that hmm. there's there's a thing called uh, the English uh, EDL, English um, Defence League, I think, and they're 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 known to be from really racist backgrounds, but they're they're campaigning, I believe, for an English assembly of some sort, and then which will if that ever happened, then I think you'd see Britain become more of a a federal kind of setup. Right yeah, now it's not. That seems like a logical idea, but I don't yeah. want to agree with the racists. So how well, do you, how do you handle it. that? But there are people that are not racist that like that idea as well, right? So, uh, but the, what's interesting is that well, there are people who are not racist who thought Hitler had some really good economic right. plans. Well, there's people, <laughs> and there's people that think yeah, uh, that um, that Nazi uh, national socialism, Nazism, is socialism when it's not. It's fascism. So it's 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 funny how oh, you that's, think that's that stuff. The other thing where over over in North America, the word socialism or social is just an absolute naughty word. Yeah. You, oh, you, it is. As soon as it's akin to calling someone a baby yeah. puncher, and and I find on, t- on television, but over in yeah. the, in the UK, is it? Oh, he's just a socialist. Well, That's and here's and here's the socialist party. Here they all come in. In they yeah. come, and I can have you know regular well, conversations. Canada hasn't had a socialist party since the nineteen twenties, right? So Canada has progressive, middle, and kind of you know right wing and slightly left wing, which would be the NDP, but not really. But once you mention that someone is thinking social, is, uh, thinking along the lines of socialism, there's just like you can hear the chair scrape of people. Yeah, socialist, and because someone immediately and that was linked, I, I feel, a long time ago to just communism. Yeah, it so is. If you're yeah. a socialist. You're a commie. There is. Well, no, and, I'm not. And that's it. And and there is socialism is is kind of a moderate communism to a degree. But and and the, what's interesting here in North America is that is the discourse around liberalism and and left wing. Right, mm-hmm. left wing liberalism have been entwined. They've been made one. So when people talk about socialism, you know, uh, they're they they're, they're saying you left you you socialist you you know or not you socialist you um you you liberal you libtards right you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And I keep trying I keep trying to say to people, okay, socialism is a political ideology, right? Liberalism is a cultural ideology, right? You know, so liberalism f- focus on you know kind of how we feel. It would be nice to have free healthcare, where socialism says free healthcare should be a must because we have a better working community, right? And we are, it's a better prospering community, and we're not doing it because it would be nice. We're doing it because we know it's uh, we know it's it's, it's logical, fiscally sound. Yeah, it's we, we don't we don't go bankrupt. Let's educate our people. Let's keep them healthy. We have a working prosperous society and then afterwards we can talk about the liberal aspect so you know liberalism so socialism has been a, a pusher of liberal events but it's not so in north america it's all entwined and i find that now is going back over to britain and now you see these working class people you know that I, i've come from that are that are talking about you you lefties and 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 but better you know because you can be a left wing right but you know you don't have to be full-on liberal right you know like you know yeah you, somewhere in the and, yeah and you can be a socialist but you know not say well you know i believe that everyone has a right to get a certain heart tr- surgery they say no no not everyone has the right but like we could say okay it's going to be free for you however let's look at your life 
What you've been stuffing hamburgers in your face? Okay, you're exempt. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Whereas a liberal uh, theme would be like, no, no, we must take care. We must love and take care of this guy. And, what, one of the things you know? is, is the whole they call it the polarizing of uh, of sort of the public because and everyone says, oh, you, you can't even try to be a centrist anymore because as soon as you say something that even whispers of one way or the other, they say, well, you're definitely a right wing yeah. lunatic. I said, well, I thought I was a centrist who just happened to agree with a couple of right-wing things and a couple of yeah. left-wing things, and I'm somewhere in between where I'm like a, a, a you're, niche. You're not allowed to sit on the fence anymore. No. Right? You've, no. you've actually got to be on one side or the other. And, and you know, I, I, I am a self you diagnose socialist. I've grown up around socialism. My dad was a socialist. I remember being on the red train, uh, going from London to Brighton at a, to a big Labour event as a kid. Mm. The train, incidentally, was green and not red, but it was called the red train because it's filled with various different, you know, uh, socialists unite the socialist women's party, all these different socialist groups on the train. But so that's the, and I've grown up with, uh, you know, with the need of social health care, you know, social medication. And, and without that, I would have become who I am. And my degree was paid for, right, through socialism, right? So, um, so you know, I, I, so for me, I come somewhere and I say to myself... Bernie Sanders just giggled somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I love Bernie as well, right? You know, um, you know, I said, wouldn't it be funny, wouldn't it be great if America and Britain became one country and, and Bernie was president and, uh, and, and um, so Bernie was president and... Uh, um, uh, uh, oh, oh man, brain's not working. But yeah, Bernie was president, and um, Jeremy Corbyn was his his vice president. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but I'm sure people would be scared about that. But anyway, sorry. I'm back to Brexit. I guess <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's the, there's people that want to remain because they they uh, they. They, uh, they, they love the idea of free movement around Europe. They love the idea of uh, cultural, community and political collaboration. And they're not, they're not offended by that or, or scared by that. And mm. I, I love that. Like, for example, I know Britain's leaving the European Union, so I've got three passports. I went and got my Irish passport because I don't want to lose the ability to live and work anywhere in Europe. I believe in that. I believe in immigration, yep. migration. Um, and I believe in political um, collaboration, right? Um, I, immig- immigrants... I think immigrants are great, but the problem is, is what's happened is with neoliberalism, and I'm, I'm going to bring it to a point, is that we're seeing services dialed back. We're seeing money taken away from healthcare. There was something like um, I think 70, 70 some percent, seventy eight percent of youth clubs across Britain were closed by the Conservative government with a neo with a neoliberal kind of agenda, right? So they're closing down youth clubs, and now there is a correlation in crime rates amongst youth. Right. And, you know, there's not enough money in mental health and, and, and community based events. So now we're seeing that and a lot of people that are working class are getting angry. But instead of pointing the fingers at neoliberalism, because people don't understand what neoliberalism is, they're saying the money's being restricted and they're getting angry. They're saying we've got all these people coming into our country, but we can't afford to take care of ourselves. It's kind of like Nova Scotia when they, when, that was, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Ray Irving's report, right? Action Now said, you know, we need more immigrants. And then someone stood up and said, hold on a second. What about the people that are here? Yeah. <laughs> what about us? We we're need We're filling jobs. up our emergency rooms already. And you, right. You, you, you know, so they would say, they were like, we well, need if, jobs too. If there is an easily explainable uh, conclusion that you can serve to people, you can't have someone come in and say, no, no, it's actually this. That's a yeah. little bit more complicated than what you just flatly yeah. said. Where you, you go and well, the, the one where someone was, was trying to say the New Zealand thing. This guy got absolutely just b- bounced to the parliament for yeah. saying, oh, well, the reason that we had uh, a shooting was because we're letting too many Muslims into the country. Right. And the whole country just went, what? Yeah. <laughs> 
Nope. And but that's that is the that is the the feeling from the marginalized people. They're saying they're saying okay. There must be a yeah. easy answer for all of my problems right now. I heard a story. Can someone please tell me what they are? Yeah, I heard a story about uh, a, a, some builders on a building site, and they can't find working. Well, these are these are men and women that have trained. You know, they're bricklayers, and they can't find work anymore because they're they're. Their jobs are being given to Europeans coming over, working for less. So the first thing they do is they say, we're being undercut by the Polish. They're coming here and they're getting hired because they will work cheaper than us. Mm-hmm. Right? However, instead of putting the money at the corporations or the, or the businesses, they're saying, we can save money if we hire the Polish folk. Mm-hmm. Right? They're blaming the Polish. They're blaming, they're blaming the Polish folk. And yeah. you know, when you're coming from poverty, you're you you know, opportunity is is what you live for, right? You know, you try and make that money, send it home. So instead of saying, wait a second, you know, you're the CEO of We Build Walls, you know, kind of uh, whatever. So why you know why are you why are you going for the less paid? Why aren't you paying us? Because at the end of the day, if I can pay my workforce less, I can make more money, right? I can make more money. And that's it, right? And that's how neoliberalism ties into the fact that there's people angry, but they don't understand what's going on. So they just, what they do is they point at the immigrants. Uh, and this one guy that was being interviewed when they, when they when the reporter said, why don't, you know, why are you against Brexit? And he said, well, they're coming over, they're taking our jobs and they're taking our houses. Um, and she said, oh, they're, ta- they're taking your jobs. Yeah, they're taking our jobs and they don't even work. And she said, wait a second. How are they taking our jobs that don't even work? And the guy said, they just do. They just do. So you look at the intellect level, and, and this is one guy that's, that's unfortunately talking away a lot of people talking Britain. Mm. It's a rational fear. It's not understanding a political discourse. And Be- pointing. Because he's, he just happens to be a person who has not had the successes in life that someone promised him either as a child either as a student often work hard and you'll get a good job and you do and you work hard and you get there and then something doesn't quite work something doesn't quite work out and you learn that oh there aren't big factories anymore no we moved all those to India (gasps) and your brain for some reason because usually the people in charge of the companies say blame the Indians not the guys in charge of the company like you were saying earlier but this so the the main question there is uh, where uh, riling up the, the, the discord and this this is where you've got your two polarized sides yeah is there more truth on one side of the argument than the other is, or is one just sort of a fictional narrative because I, I remember reading when they held that first Brexit vote and then it was voted yes we're leaving and it's the two guys I forget the second one Boris Johnson was one of them former, former mayor as soon as he heard that they they'd all voted to leave he and another one of the guys they both said oh we didn't really think that you would do that that's probably not a good idea and one of them even left didn't he I don't know if he emigrated yeah. to another country yeah, he they, said fine screw yeah, those guys they, I'm out it was we didn't think you had the guts to do it and you did so oh dear right like so and I think what they were trying to do is Cameron, Prime Minister Cameron at the time was really, um, it, it was it was a gamble. It was a gamble for, to hold on to power, mm. uh, and it backfired. Yeah. And uh, so it backfired horribly. Um, it's and, done all kinds of terrible things, and now they, they keep doing ec- extra votes. Yeah. And now it's um oh what's her what's her name? It's not Theresa May. Theresa May. She's yes. I, and I, the, the whole history of that how she kind of took over from. It wasn't Blair, it was the next guy. She took over for Cameron, right? So Cameron right. was the one who took him into, uh, allowed for uh, legislation and for a um, 
a vote on on the referendum. Yep. And uh, and uh, I watched him today. He was a speech saying, you know, when the people decide, the people will decide, and it's going to be final. It's going to be no referendum. But the problem with the referendum, and I'll, I'll come back to your question, the problem with the referendum was is it was so marginal. It was like it wasn't sweeping either way. No, and, and that is co- same with with the Scottish referendum, and that's kind the of Quebec referendum. Every time yeah. one of those happens, it's just barely over. It's maybe fifty two, fifty four percent each time. Um, so you you're looking at it, and everyone says oh, they're incredibly polarized and divisive. And how can you yeah. have an almost as big group voting um, the complete opposite? What creates problems is. The four home countries voted, uh, so Scotland and um, I think Scotland and Northern Ireland voted to remain right, overall, and England and Wales voted to leave overall, right? When, but London, if you break it, London overall, the big city, voted to remain, right? So what happened, people started to really break it down and go, well, you know, all the four countries are not, all the four home countries are not aligned, that's not right, and and everyone kept saying, yep, yeah, you voted as one country, as the United Kingdom of Great Britain, mm. let's not, let's not look at the little things, right? In, in, you know, we voted as a country. So it was a popular vote as the whole It was a popular thing. vote, Not, yeah. And, electoral college. Right, and, and to go back to your question, <sighs> is there truths on on both sides? Yes and no. It was messy. Like, someone got, someone got, and politics got murdered, right? So there was a lot of propaganda, and like, propaganda which was absolutely outrageous, you know, claims that were being made, uh, you know, yeah. like, if we need... Vote yes if you think cars yeah. are too expensive. And there was a lot of scaring, a lot of scaremongering, oh, yeah. you know, from both sides. And I'm sitting there watching this campaign going down, and I'm disgusted by both sides. And and, and there's people getting angry because they, they listen to this propaganda, this scary propaganda, and freaking out, and then doing really messed up stuff or taking really hard stances. Um, and, and I'm sitting there saying, I would vote leave, not because immigration bothers me, I like immigration, and not because uh, political collaboration with the European Union bothers me. I love that. It's great. It's great that, you know... You know, here we are on our little island, and and the, and there's countries in Europe saying this is a really progressive, this is really progressive legislation about human rights, mm. about the rights of children. You know what I mean? So, and I like that. You know, I like that we adopt that, right? But I think no one sits there and goes, this legislation is really good. It's going to protect us. They go, oh. It's coming from the French, so it's not worth nothing. You know what I mean? It's the French, so why should we care? You know, if we didn't come up with it, then it doesn't mean nothing, right? The, the concept of the European Union was—I uh, I found amazing that it got in in the first place because I thought that's uh, such a tightly knit group of countries that are all really rather racist to one another yeah. and extremely each different. One and they say, "Oh, these guys right over there." If, if you're in Italy, they say, "Oh, those, Aust- those Austrians." Woo! Don't get me started yeah. on how stupid they are, and vice versa. Everybody's the same with yeah. Romania. They say, "Oh, the Bulgarians." Woo! Those guys. <laughs> Crazy. Don't let me talk. Oh, Spain, you know, Spanish. No, no, you don't. Portugal. No, Spain's got all the real good stuff. We're, we're a much better country. You look how close the countries are in Europe and look how dramatically different they are. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Spain and Portugal. Right, for example, and then you've got Gibraltar, which is you know, which is a British uh, uh, territory, right, protectorate. Um, you know, and it's just absolutely like mad. You know, it's Europe is quite a small space when you look at it in oh, terms yeah. of North America and all these countries, and and it's quite so so very know, very culturally. Um, I don't want to say unique was yeah. the word I, I wanted to use. I would say so. My view on, on I would have liked to see Britain leave Europe um, from a stance that Jeremy Corbyn would take, and, and that's more about the money. So, uh, you know, it's it's a ne- it's a neoliberal kind of um, scheme. So I think it was the cloak and dagger kind of thing, or the uh, or, or what's the the mag- magical term? You see what the left hand's doing, but the right hand you don't see. Sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. It was, so the sleight of hand was. Um, 
we're going to promise everyone, you know, visaless travel and living around Europe. Mm. But we're going to deregulate the banks and move money around, and we're going to, you know, take money from places, and you know, and and so that was kind of, you know, what bothers me and what bothers Jeremy Corbyn, right? To a degree, and I'm, I'm not quoting Jeremy, but you know, the feeling is the same, and not it's a very complicated stance. So I would have left Europe because I don't believe in the kind of the the way the union set up. I'm believing more of a socialist. A community, right, rather than a a, a a financial economical community. Because that, it, and that happened a few times. There was little stories in between with the European Union where it uh, it almost came down to, oh, you know, Greece is going bankrupt, right, and. Who's they, buying Greece out today? Most, most of these countries are pissed off because yeah. they feel like Germany is bossing everyone around because yeah. they're the country with the money. Biggest so economy. If, if it comes down to provinces and 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 the country, you think of Canada. You know, we're over here in kind of a pretty not very well yeah. off set of uh, provinces, and we almost feel like everything's been get, being dictated by the power of Ontario or the money of Alberta. That's right. Yeah, and, and we also oh those guys always make the decisions, yeah. and we just get the trickle down and whatever. We'll just kind of do our own thing. So I sometimes feel like we're a bit of a poor Greece yeah. over here. Where this, you know, the scenery's nice, but we're not really doing all that well. Yeah. Um, but that, so the, the, the Brexit thing led to, well, they had the vote, and then everyone panicked, and no one had a plan, and they spent a very long time not coming up with a plan until finally, and this is, so we're recording this on March 28th, and I think now there's, um, I, I learned, it's I, the, I it's there, a was 20, a, there was a date of the 29th with so, some kind of... Yeah, so today, so yeah, so today, the 20, today is the day that Britain, the March of 29th, were meant to exit, right? But it's been, it's gone to now April so, 12th. Yeah, like so fast, for now we've laid a bit of a context, the history of, of Brexit and the European Union. Okay. Um, we're at, we're at a point now where Britain are now trying to divorce. Right. Yeah. And so there's there's a couple of things here which are really interesting. People want another referendum, referendum, but people are saying, oh, okay, if you want another referendum because you're not happy with the vote, let's just have another general election when you're not happy with the party that won the general election, right? You know what I mean? So there's that, and then um, so there's that which but is didn't, didn't she say? I thought she said either today or yesterday. She said, "Here is my new plan," and because every time she, you know, Theresa yeah. she puts forth a plan, and everyone says, "No, it's a terrible." Plan. She's had so many plans. And everyone said, nope, we're not doing that plan. And she's offered, here's a plan, and if you accept it, I'll resign. So, yeah, so what's happened is she's brought two plans to be voted on as a a vote in in Parliament. The the two first, the the plan that was voted on twice was rejected because of the Irish backstop, right? So, uh, which is, there's a, there's a, there's a, a border between Ireland and Northern Ireland, which used to be heavily guarded Right. right, right, and then uh, when everyone because Ireland is not a part of the UK, but Northern Ireland is. No, yeah, that's right. Ireland is a republic. Northern Ireland is the four, is a home country. So one of, of the four of home the, countries. So when you talk so about the United Kingdom, Ireland right. is as independent as Iceland. Exactly, and through the seventies and the sixties, home rule, they've had a guarded border, British army at that border, the Irish Republican army have been oh, trying. Entire U two albums written about. Yeah, that. we can. This can go on forever, right? So <laughs> just go listen to Sunday Bloody Sunday, and yeah, and you'll get it all perfectly. Right. So now what's going to happen is Ireland is a part Republic of Ireland is a part of Europe Britain is leaving right and that means Northern Ireland but it's a, it's a country that's landlocked right? and, the, and they calmed those borders right well the thing is how are they going to regulate all the goods that come from the Republic of Ireland into Northern Ireland and back now that Northern Ireland now that Britain doesn't have a trade agreement with Europe it didn't matter because Britain was a part of Europe so mm-hmm. goods and people would go back and forth right but now, now that um, now they now Britain's leaving. How are they going to deal with that? 
And that's the problem. No one knew about it. So this is a divorce. This this is a kind of divorce that's never happened in history. Mm. No one knew what to do or where to go. And this and so we're stumbling. Britain is stumbling all the time. The politicians. So Theresa May said, "Okay, um, we're going to go now that we're we're leaving. We're going to negotiate a deal with the European Union and all the twenty seven uh, European states. I believe twenty seven need to agree." I yeah. feel like the European Union is sort of sitting back in a nice leather chair, smoking a cigar and laughing at this, these uh, hapless people trying, yeah. trying to Some divorce. would tell you they're laughing. A lot of people would tell you they're scared because a lot of money goes from Britain to Europe. It depends what side you listen to. It right? is kind of a powerful billions. center. Yeah, billions go. Because Britain, I think, is Europe's third biggest economy. I was thinking about so, that. So, uh, you know, it depends who you listen to, uh, what economists you listen to. Some economists will say that uh, Europe is scared of Britain leaving, right? Mm. Um, and there's a lot of fear moving, like, Brit- uh, companies in, in Britain are saying, we're going to pack up and move our, our operations to Europe and da 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 all this stuff, and everyone's getting scared, it's fear-mongering. Um, but, so, my, Theresa May, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom of Great Britain, took her deal that she made with the European Union, that they all agreed on, back to the House of British House of Commons, and they voted it down twice. Yeah. So she wanted to go again, but the Speaker, and no one realised how powerful the Speaker is. Same with the Canadian Speaker. Oh, yeah. right? you know, he's quite powerful you know, in terms of what can be... Uh, debated and discussed and, and whatnot and what's in the best interest so he is the, if anything the president of the house right yeah. he's quite powerful and usually the problem is is they don't want to rock the boat or well, set, yeah, set but, up barriers well, between them and the well the problem the is, is the problem is, is they were MPs and back when the speakers and, and parliament started in 1700s uh, the kings were known to execute speakers for blocking them right the speakers are they are the president of all the rules, political rules, right? They know all the old rules. So Theresa May wanted to bring it back for a third vote and, you know, still saying, please vote, please, please, please mm-hmm. do so, you know. And um, and he stood up and said, you can't bring it back a third time unless it's dramatically changed. So she changed it. So what she did was she, um, she, she the way she changed it was she removed parts of the deal. So uh, she, the parts that she removed was, you know, what happens after, right? So, you know, where do we go economically, right? As, um, but she left other, so she left out what do we do with, you know, kind of Brits and Europeans that are here. What are we going to do with the Europeans that are already in Britain, right? How, what do they do? That seems important. So yeah, she, what she did was she cut it up and then, then since she went in and spoke to a number of uh, MPs in her party that want her to go. And uh, they're the 1921 1922 Conservative Committee, right? And they they tend to be uh, they're Eurosceptic. I so she, the last time they felt that the country was conservative enough, and they were happy. Right. So she went to them and she said, "There's going to be two processes. If you let me get this deal through, I will resign earlier, and then the new Conservative Prime Minister can then usher the rest of the deal through." Right. And uh, and. And, uh, Which finally sounds like a decision being made by a responsible politician. Yeah. What's best for the country is this, yeah. and my own career or ambitions must take yeah. a backseat to what's well, best for the country. And that's the thing. I think that she's she knows she's going to go down in history. So if she can just put something nice in the history books that she managed to get that part through... Then she goes out with something, right? She, I, she might get a lifetime movie. She's, where yeah, she's you know, by Winona Ryder. In yeah, years. she's not a bad woman, right? I don't agree with her, her politicking. She's not a bad woman. Um, however, 
Um, there was you know, a few stumbles. There's a lot of stumbles. She's made a big mess of it. And so she, um, she's probably one of the most embattled prime ministers in British history. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah. Do you think that she can't, that, that I don't, she's not going to get out unscathed. Yeah. Is the country, she's going to need, she's going to need some serious therapy afterwards. Is the country <laughs> going to be okay? Do you yes. think that they can make this work? Look at the history of Britain. Britain's going to be fine. Britain is going to be fine. Britain have, have got, you know, a thousand years at war, being attacked, attacking other people, creating empires, leaving empires. Britain's going to be fine. Um, you know, but the problem is, is everyone knows this, but they don't know how they're going to be fine. Mm. It's, it's almost like a faith. It's a new religion. Britain will be fine. So do I, I think it was, the, um, I, all of my knowledge of history and world, world things comes from the mid to late 90s when Hong Kong went back to the ownership of... Uh, to, to China. To yeah. the China. And Britain just said, Okay, bye-bye. Yeah, 1996, they handed uh, Chris Patton, the, uh, the governor at the time, handed it back to China, and uh, and a lot of people in Hong Kong felt, you know, left. And because that's just what they did. Yeah. Oh, you don't want us anymore, but okay. Yeah. Here, here's the date that it's done. Did we have a plan leading up to that? No. Yeah. Did we have a plan for bringing everyone back and repatriating them all? No, it was just... And there was no referendum. That. The people in Hong Kong didn't have a say. They, they, they There wasn't a voice, but... It's just some sort of deal that was set it up. It was a deal 50, that was set up. 50 or some years Yeah. And I, and I think it was, I think Britain worried about how really are they going to keep it from China if China really wants it, right? Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so let's not have this conflict because we foresee it. But so now uh, we're at a stage now today, which is interesting. They Today, she brought a third deal to the parliament. Right. And this this is the one uh, where... And this is one where she's, she's chopped it up, right? And, uh, and so if she went to Europe and she said to the European Union, if you allow us... Um, a shorter delay, right? Then you know, uh, no, no. She said, she said to your opinion, will you give us a, a shorter delay? And they said yes, but only if you vote for the deal. So she went back, and they didn't vote for the deal. So now she's got to go and, and negotiate for a longer deal or try and figure some out. But I see this heading to a general election. Right. I, I see that every time. So we've had Jeremy Corbyn try to do a vote of no confidence against the Conservative Party. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing: um, in the last general election. Uh, 10 DUPs is the, 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 in Ireland's DUP party which is the Democratic Unionist party managed to get seats and they're a Protestant uh, a loyalist leaning party right but very conservative yep. and they said to the British government that needed them they needed those 10 votes to, to move legislation otherwise they're a minority government so they the, they made a deal with the DUP and the DUP said give us something like I think it was like you know, 8 billion pounds um, and you know we will we will uh, swing your way when it comes to voting. We'll mm-hmm. prop up your vote. Yeah, and because there's so many political parties. There is right. And and Americans make fun of Canada having too many political parties. Yeah. And I said, have you paid attention to the UK? Yeah. Ever? Well, this is it. And and the thing in 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 which is interesting about Northern Ireland, the Labour Party doesn't run a party there. It's a lot of Irish parties, which makes it even more divisive. But so the Democratic um, Nationalists and the National right. Democrats, Catholic. It's all religious based, and, and oh. all, you know. So, but I think I've got a feeling that the next general election, the Labour Party will finally field candidates there. So you think it'll be a general election that will just be a political one without another Brexit vote? Yeah. So I'm thinking. I I, I don't think there will be another referendum. Um, you know, although people wanted that march that happened on Saturday, you know, there was uh, there was a million people there, and the the petition online the petition government to talk about another referendum was five million people strong on that petition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I 
I don't think there's going to be another referendum. Do you think they're still going to they're still going to leave with some sort of deal? Well, that's it. No one, no one knows because she shut down. Now the, the the third attempt at pushing the deal has been shut down. So, will she bring a third or fourth attempt for a new deal? I don't know. Or will they will they allow a referendum? I don't think they're going to allow another referendum. I think this. So, is her, so her third deal that got voted down too. That got voted down today. So what she did, she brought a new deal, and and the speaker, uh, John Burkrow, said you can't bring this deal back unless it's drastically changed. She chopped a whole. She she took it, chopped off twenty five percent, tried to put seventy five percent of the deal through. And they still it got that. voted down yet uh, by fifty eight votes, beaten by fifty eight votes, and a lot of the people that have voted against her are their own party, the rebels, right? Because they don't, they, they, they're they skeptical. Do they not like her? They or do they like, not like the direction? They don't like her, they don't like the direction, no. and they don't like the deal, right? You know, And also the DUP are voting against her as well uh, because the uh, Irish backstop, yeah. they're saying we need to have a plan here. We can't, we can't stop businesses and that, and that was the deadline of today tomorrow but i i read that there was a, there was a de- the deadline currently is april 12th yeah so so that's that's they, that, yeah they managed to extend it yeah they, i believe well she's got to go back and have that in those negotiations now she's got to renegotiate on a new deadline with the european union so that's what she's got to do now um and there's going to be all sorts of you know kind of uh, deals and reasons and things they want to see okay. and remember the 27 block has got to vote and say yes um and just to conclude um you know so I this is I feel this is going in one direction to a general election, right? So uh, the people they need to put it back to the people, not as a referendum. But I think you know. But the problem with general general uh, general election is people say, okay, let's say the Conservative Party get back in. What are they going to do? They got any new ideas? Or if it goes, if the Labour government, you know, Jeremy Corbyn saying that they've got an alternative plan, which mm. is which is. Um, I forgot the name of the plan now, uh, but it, it means that, like Denmark, I believe, we can trade um, and we have a relationship, but we're, you know, so we're, we kind of buy into that block. I forgot the name. I should have been more prepared, but... I, I tried looking up a couple of things, but yeah. I know I, I don't... I didn't have everything all prepared. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of different deals, but one of them is we are part of the economic block, but we've got no say when they change legislation. However... They don't change the rules in Britain or the laws and stuff, and we pay a fee to be a member. But we're, we, the benefits we get is trading, right? With with no, um, with with no extra cost. Like mm. We get the same deal of trading before, so it's like, um, it's like me being a friend of the family that can come and stay at your house and eat your food, but I don't really have to clean up or do anything. So like they that. kind of get their own. It could be its own unique little deal where you're kind of in yeah. it, kind of a, it, almost like how there's, it was before. But they were sort of part of it, but the border yeah. was water, and that's a little different. There's there's two there's two other countries that I think Denmark is one of the countries that have this deal. They don't want the European money. They don't want the laws being pushed on them by the European Union. Mm-hmm. They want to trade, so they, okay. they they pay a fee to trade. Because I remember that membership. also being a thing where Britain was was trying to stay out of or not quite be all the way in the European Union, and then there was talk. This is way, way back yeah. the early talk of Brexit, and then. Someone said, but what if this leads other uh, unhappy countries to want to leave too? Is this, oh, yeah. is this the beginning of the breakup well, of the European we, Union? We thought that France was going to go down the road with Mary Le Pen. And That's, she ran the yeah. French Nationalist Party. And it looked like she was polling. And she, she it looked like she was getting close to getting a, some sort of majority or more seats. Um, but as it was, the new president is from, he was, he's quite young and he literally was put in place. He's, uh, he's, he's very neoliberal. He's, he's, he's the one with Macron? the racy, uh, the racy girlfriend. Racy car, racy girlfriend. And he's, he's 
he's he's made quite a few interesting statements. And but he's from he's he's you know he's a I think he's an economist, a banker. He's, he also he's doesn't like immigrants, immigrants, though, doesn't he? Uh, I, I don't but know much all, about that. They're all talking about how um, uh, um, yeah Muslims come in and they they, they welcomed immigration, but this is, I'm paraphrasing a yeah. whole other story. But they welcomed immigration, but the, what they found was the problem yeah. is they. They, they they immigrate, they get immigrants in, but then what the immigrants do is they bring an uneducated bride from their home country and sort of like ship them to yeah. to there and then keep them in the house and don't let them experience right. the culture and, 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 that's just, and expand beyond that. That's just one of a small, you know, what you've got to understand yeah. with France as well is France are trying to uh, become as much as a secular political entity as possible. So we know it's a Catholic country, right? However, it's interesting because what they're doing is they're saying, uh, we, based on the billion revolutions that the French had, they're saying we don't want politics, religion to be in politics, right? You know, so so the so now what they're trying to say is, you know, it, it comes down to when hijab or a burqa or a cross. You know, in mm-hmm. France, and that's at Quebec, we're trying to go down that road, and it's like we're in Quebec, it's we're going to remove the, the Ten Commandments or whatever it was in the oh, yeah, There's no religious artifacts right. allowed you know, for teachers now, I think. Yeah, that was so last week. You can be religious, but you know, like if you're in, if you're working for the government and you're wearing your cross, you can't do that. You've got to tuck it in, right? So, what they're trying to say is if it's political, if you're on a political position, you know, we don't want politics and religion to be, we want to keep it separate. So it's clear that, you know, if you're up there talking about something, you're pushing it from a political ideology, not a religious ideology. I wonder if that's the thing that's similar to the, Euro- is the European Union saying something, church and state should be separate? No, is that not necessarily. I think, not, right? not necessarily. I think European, you know, um, it's, it's very, like I said, it's very divisive right, between the European well, well, Union and welcome, welcome to the, the European Union, yeah. you know, the legislature, and yeah. on, on your way in, kiss the Jesus feet. That's right, there, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and there's an imitation Pope's feet, kiss those on your way yep. into. Uh, and, and that's the thing, right? So, <laughs> sure, him pulling his hand away from people trying to, to uh, kiss his rings. Yeah, 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 I know, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, because it used to be his feet, and then he moved it to the, to the Papal ring. Mm-hmm. Right? So, but so in France, and France is another great country that are. are are known for their socialist efforts, right? And a lot of people are put to shame by it. Like they will block the ports when the price of gas goes up, right? When the price of petrol goes up, they will block the ports because French truckers, lorry drivers, know this money is going up not because uh, they, it needs to go up, but it's going up because you know the, the oil barons want the money to, to make mm-hmm. more money, right? So they blockade and say to the French government, "You need to regulate. You need to do something about this." And until you do. We're going to block all the ports. Nothing comes. We're going to block all the highways. You know, what I mean, so the French have always been activists in that way. Quite union-heavy. Yeah, well, they are, and and they're you know they they can be really radical, right? And, mm. and the French have been known for being radical, right? I didn't know about that. It is very impressive the way they they will they will literally hold bring they will hold the government. I don't like to say they will hold the government hostage. They will hold the government accountable. accountable. Yeah, right? immediately Whereas accountable. The as well. yeah, the government will say hostage. So instead of going and voting and 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 or just parading, they will take a lot of articulated trucks and lorries and block off all the highways. And, that, and no that one's going like, anywhere. It feels like that could have solved a number of problems. Where when they started this Brexit vote, they sort of said, "Okay, we are going to hold a vote as soon as 
someone produces a plan. Yeah. Well, that's a bit. No one knew. Put that. No one knew, but they all these all these leading brains should have said, "What's divorce going to look like?" We've seen men and women, and men and men and women and women divorce. We know that there has to be a plan of how they live their lives afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, when you break up and divorce from someone, you can't go and live in their house no more. You can't eat their food no more. Yeah. You know, they're not going to bring stuff to you anymore. You can't take stuff. You've seen some weird deals. What are you going to do? Like, and and what's going to be the amicable breakup, right? So you know, just looking at Brexit as a divorce, right? So. You know, Brexit is really unknown. And the reason I find a lot of people are getting bored of it, but I'm fascinated because every day it's different. I'm always on the BBC. Who is bored with it? It's incredibly The British people are extremely bored because they're 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 living it. Yeah, they're they're, they're getting the daily news. And the news, news does not understand how to convey information. Yeah. And which is why I always find, oh, our our peoples are very undereducated. And I said, well, that's because no one has figured out how to yeah. speak to them. Yeah. Or if, or if they do know how to convey, it's with an agenda, right? So yeah, depending yeah. on which way leaning the press agency And then is. Suddenly, as soon as everyone knows that there is an agenda, no one trusts. They're like, oh, I'm not going to watch that news because yeah. I don't believe in their agenda. I yeah. like the agenda of these guys over yeah. here. Then you have five different news networks, so you have five well, different yeah. groups watching five different types of news, and even five different stories. If you're, Trump, one thing. If you're a Trump person, you're going to go to Fox, right? You know Where what I mean? the, the, the angry shouting yeah. heads on the TV tell you ways to be angry about things. This is it. And explain to you whose fault it is right. because that's the best part. And but all, it's someone else's fault. All the angry people that voted Brexit read The Sun and The Mirror and these newspapers are owned by Rupert Murdoch mm. right, who's, who's still a human. You know, he's right wing. He's, he's a right wing leaning. He's a neoliberal. He's about making money and, uh, and, and so, you know, and so, that's the agenda. It's a very right-wing agenda. But yeah, if you open page three in the sun, there's a topless woman, you know, good morning, boys, you know. On page three, you open it up and there's a, a topless woman, so every day in the newspaper, in colour, you know. And, and so this is it. So the working class people are reading uh, propaganda and information from papers that really are sold a lot and are right-wing leaning. They're, they're, not, they're not for Jeremy Corbyn. They spend a lot of time bashing. But the papers that are for Jeremy Corbyn that are more socialist leaning, more left-wing leaning, tend to be papers that... Uh, that working class people will feel that uh, you know that are out of their league. Uh, I was really hoping they'd tell me that their magazines have full frontal male nudity. No, they, they don't have any <laughs> nudity. You know, so the Times, the Times, and the Guardian Observer, these newspapers, you know, uh, are tend to be you know kind of centrist or or left wing. Mm. You know, and uh, so you won't see a lot of Jeremy bashing in these papers, but in the tabloids, you will. So the tabloids are bought the most, and the tabloids are owned by you know kind of right wing Rupert Murdoch. And, and big money, big business, and yeah. so that's what they push down, right? And all of a sudden, you've got these people going, "Socialism's bad," and like, "Socialism's bad." What would you do if there was no national health service? You'd have to pay for your own health care, and you know what? And your, education, well, yeah. And, and, and there's a thing in the UK which is called zero hour contract, right? And a lot of people on zero, it's it's it's, it's another neoliberal concept where, where with a zero hour contract, it's it's like it's being casual. They don't have to, you know, promise you anything, and they can just be gone, right? You know what I mean? So they don't. They can keep you in the books, but not give you hours, or, or just cut your hours quickly. And you know, you're lucky if you get twenty hours one week, but who knows what you're going to get next week? It's like, ooh, what's going to happen? And zero hour contracts. I, I was hoping that if we got if we got through uh, the concept of fixing and knowing what Brexit is going to be really quickly, then we could just you know go on about British culture and the differences because I'm fascinated <laughs> yeah. by that. I, I love across the pond, and you know, I don't I don't collect 
uh, Lady Diana memorabilia, me dinner plates and things like that. But I just, <laughs> I, I love, I love the culture. I don't yeah. like the celebrity as much, yeah. but I love the the culture, how it all kind of intertwines and, and works well together. But in order to do that, I feel like we could talk about that for an entire other, we could that other could be, other day. That could be a whole different. We'll, podcast, we'll do that right? some other time. <laughs> exactly. But I, I think yeah. So we kind of, I feel caught up on what's actually going on insofar as uh, what what is going on with Brexit and what the next move is, and I feel a bit more confident in feeling like I, I sort of know what would work the best yeah you know, what 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 the optimal solution and it's nice to know that it seems to be kind of at least semi-heading that way the the the, the knee-jerk reaction of the the sudden no vote that almost was a bit of a wake-up call for was saying oh uh oh maybe yeah. and i i like that it was very obvious to a number of people that it seemed to be like oh wait this might have been a bad idea because that that does not often yeah happen enough I, I feel with that but that that gives me hope for what what the next thing is and yeah and another time we'll talk about british culture sure, for, sure. forever but yeah. uh for absolute now um you can follow us or yeah, well us me kind of well mm-hmm. sean's still here sean, sean will be editing this so it's hopefully slightly less long than it actually is at uh we're at sean and ross or we're sean and ross podcast at gmail.com roxy i don't know if you have any kind of social media that you want to have anyone follow you on uh, instagram roxy e33pr e, that's e, my socials so uh, roxy e three three pr romeo oscar x-ray yankee echo three three papa romeo <laughs> phonetics but again uh, thank you Ro- roxy for talking to me about um uh, brexit and british culture in general it's and my pleasure. It's about it for us and we'll, we'll hopefully catch you next next time sure thanks God, you guys are monsters. I don't know what's wrong with you.